Welcome back to Stupid Burger. It's all stupid. Yeah, without the burger. Yep. That's a good intro. Yeah. We're not doing anything to follow it up. Yep. But so like it went from like a nine to a three. Yep. But you know, whatever. It's going lower. <laughs> and we're at rock bottom. <laughs> Didn't well, take then, long. Nowhere else to go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch. <laughs> I brought a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I brought a pickaxe. <laughs> I brought Steve from Minecraft. <laughs> I brought that little car from that flash game motherload oh <laughs> shout outs to motherload shout outs to anyone who's ever played motherload yeah none of you lol. well honestly i don't know how how we found like i know how we found out about it but it was cousins yeah uh but like i don't i just liked it yeah i just kept playing i just thought it was fun you did think it, was it was just really fun. it got the serotonin flowing it really did you just kind of saw the numbers go up it wasn't even just that it was just like what happens if i go deeper <laughs> that was literally it, it was what just it was just this hunger to just keep going deeper <laughs> and, the indomitable human yeah spirit. literally that was what it was I, I it was my own uh manifest destiny yeah looking for more destiny to manifest yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do we usually do this? We just kind of jump in and decide who does what. I know sometimes we discuss something or another. Yeah, but I don't know. What really... is there to discuss? Um, Kanye's based. Yeah, we were t- talking a lot about Kanye yeah. earlier today. And yeah, Kanye. That was pretty funny. I hate his music so much, but Mr. Ye is quite based. Yeah, he says white lives matter and that's poggers. And that's poggers. Yeah. And take, he also take says, it from two Hispanics. He also that's says that uh, Jewish people rule, rule the media industry, and I think that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say whether they do or not, but, you know, I just think it's interesting that uh, Kanye, someone it, who's it, very prominent it, in the media industry. If a large number of Jewish people are prominent in just many higher-up places, is that a problem? Well, no. So, so what, what does it matter if he says that Jewish people, like, it... Is it, why should he say that? I think he was about to point out that, look, Jews are in this incredibly successful place, even though they're a minority, mm-hmm. and they've been pushed and bullied just as much as blacks. Yeah. And it's because Jewish people don't teach their kids that they're only ever going to be at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. They, Which is they a, teach them weird, to go a weird trend fries. that uh, black people have been pushing recently. That they're not going to go higher? Yeah. That really? you're always gonna be oppressed. You you can't do anything about it. You're always gonna be at the bottom. Even when you're at the top, you're still at the bottom. Like it's super weird. Like it's yeah. it's more 1984 double think shenanigans. Okay. It's really funny because he says that, and then also like people around World War II also were talking about how Jewish people always seem to succeed in the communities that they were in. Yeah. It's just kind of like the Jewish ethic, kind yeah. of like a Christian work ethic. Yeah. Very similar. I mean, you know. Japanese succeeded it too. They just die at the end. Yeah. uh, By their own work. Lol. Yeah. (laughs) They die at the age of about 43 because of uh, terrible back problems. Yeah. uh, Probably dry eye and whatnot. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, What do you think the black people should think? I think the black people should think that. That the news is not helping their case whatsoever. 
I don't think every black person that's shot by the police should be broadcast uh, to hundreds of quintillions of people. Uh, I really don't think it helps anyone. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It really doesn't help the police. Yeah. And uh, really pretty much doesn't help the blacks. So. Yeah. So what should they do? Uh, that and also uh, they need to abolish Black Lives the Black Lives Matter movement. Why? Because literally, all three of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement have admitted, oh yeah, no, we're Marxists, and we're, like, trying to, like, propel Marxist ideas. Who are these founders? I can't remember. I know there's one woman, pretty sure. I read about it in a Robert Kiyosaki well, book. Why, so do Black Lives Not Matter? No, I just think the movement in and of itself is a terrible organization that doesn't deserve to exist. Literally not a single dime that has ever gone to the Black Lives Matter movement has gone to a black neighborhood. Is that true? Yes. It's all political and, like, that sort of thing. I see. It, it stays at the top. It doesn't actually help ground level boots on the boots on the floor so what should the ones that are on the ground level boots on the floor workers do what should they do what should they be doing i don't know i don't really know what the problem is uh they don't have good security they don't have security and they're not able to pursue the pursuit of happiness security uh they don't have stable income stable families stable mental stability uh well why is that I don't know. What do you think? Well, it's, it's because they're oppressed. Is it because they're oppressed? They, that's what they say. That's what they say. But we need to, we need to, like you know, dig into that. That's what the. So why is it not because they're oppressed? I'm not saying it is because they're not oppressed. I'm well, not saying. Well, what's I, the case for that? I'm not saying either or. Uh, the thing. You could say they're not oppressed because it, there are is people... Is there a solution that they can do in either scenario? Whether they are oppressed or they're not oppressed? Yes. Not oppressed? It might be a culture thing. Okay. Uh, You know, uh, father figures and that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm not saying that every black father uh, runs away, but a high percentage do. Yeah. Uh, That's just... That is a blatant fact. Yeah. Uh, is that the same for other races? Not as much, no. That it is, it is a, it is a fact that there is a higher percentage of father abandonment in the black community than in other communities. Okay. So strengthening the family dynamic, then you have to research why is the family dynamic weak, and then it. it I mean, really, it just goes down to a fall of human nature, Lamau. Yeah. Uh, humans are imperfect and. So, you can't really perfect anything, and, you know, it's not like white people have it all that much better, you know? Yeah. There are still plenty of white people that are uh, getting slapped around by their own parents and whatnot, so... Yeah, there's plenty of white fathers that are leaving as well. Yeah. Yeah. It just so happens that, statistically, yeah. you know... And, I mean, I think part of... It, we can agree that part of that probably does have to do with the fact that blacks were oppressed in the past at, and at so they point. so they started they've just they've started out at a lower point so it's just yeah, taken it's longer just for of... them to, to recover from it but it's not because they're being oppressed now no. it does black oppression happen now yeah every once in a while it does as much as i hate to admit it uh, <laughs> but definitely not as uh prominent as some people would like you to believe yeah 
I mean, all races get oppressed. All races get oppressed. Including even, the whites. Even white people. Yep. Which is shocking to think about. <laughs> could, uh, how could the majority be oppressed by the minority? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe because in the grand scheme of things, because there's so much of a minority, that the majority becomes a minority. An oppressed majority. Yeah. Or at least a shouted at, angered at, targeted majority. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, so that's interesting stuff. I feel like I've read like news articles and stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be good topic for the pot. And then I just, yeah, yeah, I need to like write stuff down. Probably, you know that that like incredible system that like the Phoenicians made back <laughs> in like six thousand BC. Yeah, yeah, you know, maybe maybe I should like adopt that. <laughs> nice. You want yeah. me to jump into my topic, or you want to discuss more things? It's a, it's a fun thing. Um. Arabic numerals are supposed to have as many angles as, uh, like, the number represents. Okay. That's just a thing I found out recently. As many angles? Yeah. So, one, right, with the little that, so there's one angle, two is one... One, two, oh, okay. three is okay. one, two, three. So all the, the straight edges yeah. are all... And then four, if you do like the triangle, right? It's like one, two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Just a little fun thing about Arabic numerals. That and is why, pretty cool. Why they're uh, incredible as opposed to disgusting Roman numerals. <laughs> oh, um, uh, the just debate that I recently... Uh, kind of encountered on the internet between uh the the ottoman empire and the roman empire and just how split between uh whether the internet is deciding whether the roman empire is the chad or the ottoman empire is the chad because <laughs> okay. yeah the debate kind of goes back and forth and i think that's kind of funny why are they debating or like what what is the debate well it's what because... makes the ottomans the chad and what makes the romans the chad what makes one the virgin and the other the virgin uh you know the ottomans conquered the rome uh, the byzantines but you know the byzantines had like uh cool light clothing wool <laughs> <laughs> so you're a fan of the ottomans um not necessarily <laughs> oh, okay not really like not the hugest fan of the Byzantines. I like them. I like a uh, Greek fire. That's a cool thing. Yeah, they yeah. They, they made that. They, it they used cool. it a lot. They had propulsion systems for it. Yeah. So that's really cool. Well, Ottomans didn't have any of that. What did they have? Cool uh, hats. No, they had stupid onion hats. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the memes I saw. Like stupid onion hats or something like that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So. It's just something I witnessed recently. I can't even remember why, but it just kind of appeared in like a a ghoul image that I saw, like a vir- Chad Byzantine Emperor Empire versus the Virgin Ottoman Empire. Nice. I clicked on it, and then all the related images were just like back and forth between the two, nice. all for like different reasons. It's <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean topic for me i've started reading xenocide, xenocide? Or not reading but listening because i don't read i'm very bad at it but i've started um, listening yeah. to xenocide the third book in the ender quartet yes it's very very is good. it read by that guy who read yes it is okay. it is i'm very happy although 
it's not entirely read by him. I because think there's so many other characters. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. other characters. There's actually quite a few readers, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but all of Ender's parts are still read by that guy. Nice. Which is wonderful. Every time it goes back to his voice, it feels like home. <laughs> it, it's just like oh, home back, base. Back in Ender's point of view, this is where I want to be. Yeah. This is. This is where things get done. But at the same time, like, so much is getting done. And, like, so yeah, many yeah. Oh, other yeah, no, that, I, I don't actually mean that. It's just, it's just the wonderful familiarity of the man's voice and yeah. Ender's perspective. Yeah. It's really great. The, the, sh- the shift that the voices bring is actually really, really cool. That, is, that does um, sound really cool. Yeah, so, wonderful book. If you have not checked out Ender's Game and Speaker for the Dead... And now Xenocide, just the whole even, the whole series. Even after how much we've absolutely raved on the series, yeah, you you ought, you ought to give them a listen. Just get Audible. Ask your mom for for her their Audible account. I'm sure they have it. And if they don't, well, honestly, it's worth the sixteen dollars. I guess it would be thirty two if you wanted to use two months worth of credits to listen to those books. Yeah. Um, it is one hundred percent worth it. They're wonderful. And I'm sure your mom would wonderful let, literary would let you works. Lend sixteen dollars for a book. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It ain't sixty dollars for a video game. So. Well, well, it's not even sixteen dollars for it's for the monthly subscription. Subscription. Sixteen dollars yeah. for a monthly subscription, and you get a credit each month. Credit is good for a book. Or... Yeah. For okay. for some books, some, some books, books only require some books require credit. Some don't. Some you just get it for free, oh, along nice. with the subscription. But I think all of these books all require a credit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, totally so worth it. worth it. Just incredible literature. Because um, that's what the stuff is. It's literature. Yeah. And just... It's not that I don't know how to describe it. It's I don't know how to do it justice. Yeah. I cannot verbally it's, do these books justice. It's because there's so many facets to the books. Yeah. And they, like, you, you genuinely have to just experience it because just talking about it will literally get you, like, nowhere. Yeah. Unless you already have the context of the book. And even if you do, all you're really going to be able to say is, I'm it's baffled so by how wonderful it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. If you, if you have a job like me where you have a lot of downtime – um, or you're just kind of doing stuff with your hands, like making pizzas and things like that. Or, or if you have hobbies for that you can... If you have hobbies like drawing, uh, or minis. playing Minecraft, or painting minis, or just writing DM notes, or writing... I guess, maybe not writing yeah, DM notes, that, probably not that. Honestly, that requires... has requires a lot of cerebral yeah, focus. Yeah, no, it, it does, it does. Um, but yeah, honestly, just playing video games in general, a lot of, a lot of just... Uh, not simple hobbies, but uh, what is visual hobbies? Yeah. Maybe you could say not like, as audio oriented. Yeah, so you can use both facets. Yeah, or not as mind taxing. Yeah, not not as focus taxing, like writing and taking notes and things like that. Yeah, if you if you're just playing some video games, some simple video games like Minecraft or or drawing um just artistic things yeah, if artistic you're endeavors. if you're um uh, painting one of those uh pipes that are out around the city uh and and that kind of thing if if you if you were doing one of those kinds just of things like hypothetically, hypothetically li- living in an area yeah, where yeah, you yeah, paint yeah, the to- drainage pipes yeah yeah totally because i don't even know if every city does that yeah totally not targeting anyone in particular no 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 i would never do such a thing also i know you're already done it's cool <laughs> but if you're ever to do a second one 
you yeah. should do that. Or if anyone else wants to paint a drainage pipe, you should listen to book. Yeah. They probably are. I know they already were. <laughs> I love the I love the uh the some of the paintings that I've seen on the drainage pipes. Yeah, they're pretty cool. There's this one uh near the airport that's a possum and he's yeah. got like, a big smile on his yeah. face. Yeah, I, I know love what you're talking about. I love possums. Yeah, it's specifically it's... Virginia possums. Black eared possums are crime against humanity. Yeah, those things are absolutely horrendous. Um yeah. Books. We've rambled enough. I think we can actually get into our subjects. Alright. What's yours? Oh, I'm getting into mine first. Uh, it's okay if I get into mine first. It's more rambling, pretty okay. much. But okay, do you, do you think it's better if we go into more of a firm subject and then ramble at the end? Sure. Yeah, let's let's go into an actual, more of a, a game of some kind, kind of thing. Let's play a game. So, as you uh, listeners know, the tenth episode is going to be a Q and A of some kind. Even though you know. There's nothing interesting about us. So ask uh, dumb, goofy uh, questions. Yeah, so ask ask us some questions. Whatever the heck is on your mind. Uh, it can even... <laughs> I say whatever is on your mind, and honestly, asking us those kinds of questions would be very, very fun. So yeah. you should totally do that. But in the spirit of that, I've prepared a bunch of questions. Except I'm not going to be asking them to you. I'm going to ask you to guess the answers about me. I see. And, you I know, do. obviously we're brothers. But, you see, I've chosen uh, not necessarily weirder questions but more specific ones yeah. to see to see what you can muster yeah to see what you can muster mustard uh yeah hopefully these are decent enough questions where we can discuss stuff yeah or something like that uh but let, let's uh let's let's get it on with the first question what is my third favorite movie infinity war no, that is my second favorite movie. Oh, shoot. I thought, okay. Um, what did you think my second favorite movie was? I don't know. Oh, God. Uh... I don't think you'll be able to get this one. But... Spirit. Oh, is it um, uh, Sabrina? Yes, Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina. Yeah, 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 yeah. it is. It Sabrina. Is. <laughs> <laughs> the freaking psychic type gym leader from my, Dead One. My third favorite movie is a movie called Sabina. In the spirit of World War II and Jewish people, um, <laughs> this movie is about Jewish people. Kind of. Uh, yeah, it is. She's a Jewish descent. Yeah, and Jew is such a weird category because it's like a strange religio ethnic group yeah yeah it is both a religio religio and racial ethnic group it's, it's yeah um but yeah it's a movie about a more specifically about a polish jewish uh, woman polish christian jewish woman yeah. polish christian of jewish heritage <laughs> yeah because her family's the one that gets uh yeah captured yeah and they're they are heritagely Jewish. Yeah. Uh, anyways. But, like, she says that whenever she grows up, she's not, like, religious or anything. Yeah. So they are Jewish purely from... Heritage. Heritage. But not but not from religion. Yeah. Which is, again, um, that's kind of the weird thing about being a Jew, quote You kind of have to specify which one yeah. you are. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm Jewish. It's like, okay, do you, does that mean you don't eat pork? Or you just, like, somewhere down the line you were related to, like, a Pharisee? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really, really liked that movie. I think the, because uh, the, the the thing about these Christian uh, produced movies sometimes they're just not that great. Um, yeah. they're very, they can be very ham handed. Yeah. 
Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think this movie was ham-handed. I thought this movie was actually very artful. It was. Um, I thought it definitely... I thought there was a lot of spirit in it. I thought there was a lot of humanity in it. It was very directed towards the heart of the people, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, it definitely got mine. It got my attention. Um, and it, it won my heart over. I thought just a lot of the scenes were very emotional. Um, I think you can think of one in particular that yeah. I know you really, really liked, mm-hmm. where there's the the man who's who's singing with the piano and stuff. That mm-hmm. was very, very good. Um, yeah, if you if you if you're ever if you're in a Christian household or even honestly just any anything, I don't think you need to be a Christian to appreciate this no, movie. No, not necessarily. I don't think you'll appreciate it as much. Yeah, maybe you would. Just seeing the past, pat. Let's watch this movie with uh with Grant. Let's see what he thinks. Yeah, honestly, I, th- I think he'd like it. I think he would too. Yeah, I think seeing the passion of the characters, and not even just characters of these real people that actually lived, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I think I think it's really good. Yeah. I think it's a, just a very good drama. Yeah, um, it is. It's a very good drama with some. Uh. It's thought provoking, definitely. And if you're willing to kind of put yourself in the situation of these people, and it's definitely not the stereotypical put yourself in the situation of the Jew in the concentration camp or something like that. That is something I really appreciate is the fact that they didn't like go to Auschwitz or whatever. Yeah, yeah. no, it was literally it literally just took place in the city. I I, I know I know this sounds awful, but like in media that is kind of overdone. Yeah, like it like not we get it, but like. Not every single movie about World War Two needs to take place in Auschwitz. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, full, I fully agree. And the fact that it didn't take place there, and felt infinitely more personal. Yeah. Was because it's not outlandish. This feels like exactly. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. this is. Uh, this is I, you, humanly I can, inhuman. Yeah, and not even that. I can see myself someday being put in similar situations. Yeah. Um, and I. Yeah, I just think it's really good. Yeah. I think it was a fantastic movie. I'll probably watch it again at some point. Uh, if I had to live in one other country, where would I choose? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> and honestly, I don't feel terribly strongly about this answer. I, I, I'm open to having my mind changed, but I think I know more or less where I'd want to go. What's in your mind? What what are the options? Two island nations, Britain or Japan. <laughs> okay, why is that? Uh, because you, you like Japan and Britain because they speak English. <laughs> yeah. And I can't tell which one you're going for, an actual, <laughs> like, a logical answer or just, like, ah, screw it. I, I'm being forced to move to another country in this hypothetical question. I'm going to Japan. Yeah. Japan? Nope. Close, though. It's more of an in-between of the two. South Korea. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I, I think I think it's the perfect love child of those two answers. Yeah, that so, is kind of the perfect love child. Yeah, you wanna... Oh, I mean, would you do the same? I'd probably move to Britain. You think Britain? Really? Yeah. I don't know. I hear... I feel like there's too much stuff about Britain that I just don't really like. I, I mean, I don't really like the place, but they speak English. <laughs> I think there's plenty of English in South Korea as well. There probably is. I think there's enough for us to get by. But, like, sure. And think about it this way. We finally have the opportunity to basically force ourselves to learn another language. 
but like not in the bad way yeah. not in a bad way it just kind of be like because now we're getting exposed to it way more yeah. we'll kind of just eventually get i don't know i it. also do think that uh living in europe kind of opens up a lot of opportunities i think living in south korea would open up a lot of opportunities it probably would. south korea has a decent infrastructure from what i can tell and also the support of presbyterian uh the, yeah. the presbyterian denomination i'm just like oh i mean i'm down with that yeah. i don't know if there's necessarily freedom of religion there but if the presbyterians are there well sounds I good to me is. i think it's pretty south korea is definitely one of the better places in the world to live yeah so it ain't no democratic republic of the congo yeah so and then professor m's friend lived there and yeah. it doesn't seem like he had too too hard of a time mm-hmm. so i think we could do it yeah definitely I see what you mean. I think, there, and then uh, also the fiber optics. <laughs> fiber optics. I, th- I think the gaming experience would be pretty uh, poggers. Pretty, yeah, pretty optimal. And I mean, <laughs> also the food doesn't sound that bad. I'd be, I'd be down for Korean food. Beans on toast. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, next question. Maybe I can uh, go to Britain to evangelize uh, Christianity good and good food. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of gray mush on more gray mush. <laughs> Yummy. All right. Uh, what specific animal appears in my dreams most often? Sharks? No. Is that a good guess? I guess. I feel like you talk about sharks a lot in your dreams. I don't know why. Mostly because your dreams are terrifying. That's why. I legitimately don't remember the last dream I had. For yeah, I can't. I can't remember the last dream that. I'll give you two more guesses. Is it Oreo specifically? Nope. Uh, I want to see the records of all the dreams you had with <laughs> animals. Uh, <laughs> I don't want there to be so much silence. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, cool. I, I forfeit. You, you forfeit. Uh, snakes, more specifically, Monty. Monty. I, okay. Uh, for those who don't know, Monty is my pet snake. You know, a combination of a shark. Oh wait, no, sharks aren't reptiles. I'm stupid. <laughs> are you retarded? Yes, I uh, thought sharks are reptiles. Uh, for those who don't know, Monty is my pet snake, and for some weird reason, I have a lot of dreams with him in it. A lot of dreams referring to him like shedding or being way too big, <laughs> just absolutely massive. Yeah. It's really funny. Either Monty is, like, intimidating and terrifying me, or he's shed poorly and died. It's 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 one of the two. Wow, how morbid. Bo- both Either negative. Either he's I've killing never, you, I don't or think he's I, dying. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a good dream with Monty in it. Which is genuinely horrible. Yeah. Because I love my little snake. He is such a good boy. Yeah. He, he's a good boy, and he goes snake very well. L- literally, I had a dream about Monty last night. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't horrible, it was just kind of like he shed, but it was like a lot, but it was actually a good shed, and I was like, oh, finally, for once. And then I woke up, and I was like, oh, gosh dang it, he didn't give me a good shed. <laughs> I was actually really sad. I think I've seen Monty give us a good shed once. Like, literally, no, he, he's, twice. He's done a fair amount. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know, usually I feel like whatever he's shed, it's just a, an explosion just, in the cage. Yeah, just so the listeners know, my snake does not shed well very often. Which is really unfortunate, because I have no idea what to do. And I think like, it's literally because animals are uh, 
prissy little bastards and he doesn't know what he wants and he doesn't know that he's living literally the best life he could ever live uh, another thing i read is that bigger snakes just don't shed as well oh um and mm. he's a pretty big ball he python. is a pretty big ball python so i think that also might have to do with it anyways uh what is my second favorite and andrew jackson jihad song because obviously the first is coca belly face, face tattoo, tattoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Michael Jordan of that's a joke answer <laughs> yeah I know uh, oh god I don't even know what Andrew Jackson's your hot songs you know pretty much just Christmas Island so you can just yeah. go from there mm-hmm. is it Angel of Death it is not Angel of Death okay I'll give one more answer is it uh getting naked and playing with guns no okay it is deathlessness fair i really like deathlessness, deathlessness is very cool it, it's very not jammy it's just weirdly upbeat yeah and i just kind of like it it just has this style and i'm like oh this it's, is cool it's very unique yeah so that, i freaking love the violin solo it has an interesting like uncanny feel to it, it which i really really like mm-hmm. i like how uncanny it feels but also energetic mm-hmm. um so yeah, I just really like a lot of the stuff about it. Yeah. I think the lyrics are actually really cool. They are. And they uh, remind me of Autumn. Yeah. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that. Um. Alright, next question. What would I rather collect? Weapons, precious slash unique stones, or rings? I mean, aren't rings just a combination of both? <laughs> uh, There's an argument to be made. I can see that. Precious, unique stones? Nope. Oh. Rings. Yeah, I was being the two. <laughs> I figured, why not weapons? Uh, I think you just like the pretty rocks more. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, that's yeah. it. Because I do like weapons. I do like the idea of collecting weapons. I think that's really cool. I like the idea of collecting specifically revolvers. <laughs> like, I would like, I like the idea of having like two revolvers, two swords, and then just like a couple of like just unique weapons, yeah. just like whatever I want, like brass knuckles and stuff. Yeah. Well, you already have two of those. Yeah, true. But I could get <laughs> the like, Noah's Ark of weaponry. Yeah, <laughs> but I could also get like a really nice, like heavy pair. Yeah, or something like that, or knuckles that are actually made of brass. Yeah, which would be hella heavy. Yeah, I don't know if you, have you ever held something that's made of brass? No, brass is freaking heavy. <laughs> like, holy crap! I mean, what's brass the combination of? Is it? I don't know, but I've had copper aluminum. So. At uh, pasta company, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, machine that lets you make the pastas the, has brass. It has a brass. What do you call Molds. it? Mold. Yeah, yeah, like a brass mold to make the shapes of the pasta noodles. It's only about like maybe three and a half, four inches across. It's just a circle, three and a half, four inches across, and maybe about an inch to an inch and a half thick. Maybe just, I think it's just an inch. I don't think it's any thicker than this. Okay, that thing weighs so much like yeah literally this weight of the shoe and the mic combined is what it feels like like. in In, in, one condensed yeah brick yeah metal brick yeah like so something that is infinitely smaller than what you're holding like literally about this big yeah it's literally this big and it has this much weight Mm -hmm. like it's impressive so brass knuckles being made from the mic but yeah, exactly. But it's still pretty much infinitely smaller than the mic. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. 
But yeah, and honestly, thinking about between the stones and the rings, I genuinely was not sure which, and I think it's only rings by a slight Light amount. Yeah. I don't know. I thought you'd want to collect stones because that's more unique. And I like... mean, how many people do you know that collect rings? Uh, feathered. <laughs> really? Kind of. Just kind of. Yeah. Uh. I just, he's, I just really like rings. He's, he's oh, a uh, resident homosexualoid kind of used to collect rings. You did? I think so. Oh, I, I think he collected that. rings for a little bit. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just, I just rings? think rings are super cool. Yeah. But it, again, only by a slight margin, because I also yeah. love the idea of just having like a little shelf, shelf with just tons of like cool stones on it, like like little geodes onyx, and stuff. Little, yeah. Little amethyst geode. Yeah. Just those nice crystals and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool, too. Those uh, rocks we found at the backyard of our grandma. Yeah. All right. If I had $5 million to commit to one project, what would I commit it to? Okay. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Um, a giant statue of Groot. <laughs> Almost. Almost. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm just going to have to forfeit this one. This is beyond me. Uh, Making a Shadow of Vince Mouth movie. Okay, nice. Do you think I could do it with a budget of $5 million? Oh, yeah. I think so, For too. For something like Shadow of Vince Mouth, uh, it's cityscape, live, like, easy live-action characters. Yeah. It's not crazy. Yeah. And some good costumes yeah. for if the, I if for I'm just saying like I don't know I don't maybe I'm still overestimating uh the price but I do think it would be quite a bit to make the film that I immediately thought of yeah probably I if I had five million dollars I'd probably and it would specifically only go into this one project that I would make I'd probably try to make uh flesh out good people and try to create that. Nice. Because you, I could easily make that on five million. Like, five million would be a surplus. I could have a twenty five thousand Chris twenty five thousand dollar Christmas party. Honestly, and have room to spare. I think part of this movie, I would try to get Kevin Pankin to do the soundtrack. Nice. I think the combination of of like just like a low tone orchestra with with the synth mm-hmm. that he uses added into it would be really cool. It would be really cool. Yeah, I think I think I could get a pretty. A pretty baller and very tense soundtrack yeah. for that. I wouldn't want the music to be overbearing, obviously. Yeah, and, and I, I think you he want can do you it. want true horror to where like yeah. most of it is just the ambiance. But because he has things like the first layer, yeah, dun, 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 dun. like those just Elusive. smaller, yeah, yeah, mystical kind of pieces. So now just make them darker toned, yeah, and feel very ambiance and stuff mm. and i think t- kevin pankin could do a baller job with that i don't think he'd mind uh a smaller paycheck especially if it was only for like i don't, I don't think you'd have more than three songs in the film i'm just saying the dude still goes to like burger king and crap i don't think he's that insanely yeah. wealthy <laughs> he does <laughs> like the dude still just seems like a guy that like just graduated from college and is kind of just bumming around <laughs> Again, he liter- I'm not saying that in the bad way at all. He seems like an amazingly great guy to hang out with. He literally but... seems like he doesn't know how he's in the position that he's in. <laughs> yeah. 
Which, granted, he kind of doesn't because nobody does. But yeah. all right, I saw recently that uh, Shield Hero season three is uh, was announced. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they're still making that, which is cool. I, I hope guess. it's good. Yeah, apparently people said season two actually kind of fell flat. Oof, that yeah. sucks. A lot of people said. Or uh, like, I was just reading the comments. I don't know why people didn't really go in, into detail or anything. Yeah. Well, maybe season three will pick up. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, next question. What are my three favorite bug type Pokemon? Genesect. Smoothie? <laughs> Genesect. I, bl- I believe in you. Uber Eats. Volbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh god, duh, third Lokix. No, you're very close. You can you can get one more guess. Just just think just a little bit. Uh, uh Gen 7, I'll give you that. Gen 7. Vicavol? No. Okay. Buzzwall. Oh, I totally forgot about that Pokemon. Yeah, I, I figured you did, because I did too. <laughs> I scrolled, I literally scrolled through the list of bug-type Pokemon, and I was just like, what's in here? And I was just like, yeah, honestly, these three are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Volbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid firefly Pokemon. I'm very glad you said Uber Eats, because I also wrote Uber Eats. Yeah. Because no, I don't like Volbeat, I like Uber, Uber Eats. Eats. <laughs> Uber Eats, the noob slayer. All right. And uh and finally uh, actually let me let me just quickly describe the three Pokemon. Actually, I want you to describe why I like them. He likes Genesect because he's a cool robot bug that go vroom vroom. Uh <laughs> I don't really know why you like Genesect so much. Yeah. Uh, he was in your team. He's a cool design Pokemon. Yeah. Honestly, you're saying think, pretty much all I the don't reasons. Think, yeah, I don't think you've ever used him in like a competitive team. I, or, I actually have I used have? him in Ubers. Mm-hmm. Fun, yeah, he's fun. He's a fun Pokemon. Fun design. I think he's gr- I think he's a great design. I think it'd be so sick if he got into Pokemon or um, oh yeah, in- into Pokemon or Smash Brothers. Like I've honestly like dreamed about having oh, Genesect yeah. in Smash Brothers. That'd be so dope. I know you have. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely thought of a little bit too much of a Genesect move set for Pokemon, but yeah, I mean, again, it would be sick. It would be sick. Um. And then you like Buzzwool because he's a big buff bug, and you really like the fun sets that you've made for him, specifically the substitute bulk up set. Yes, sir. Uh, and then you like Uber Eats because he's freaking Uber Eats. Yes, exactly. Uh, bad for context, I made. Volbeat I... was one of Justin's <laughs> least favorite Pokemon. Probably, probably his least favorite Pokemon yeah. in the entire roster of over one thousand Pokemon. <laughs> Um, and then all of a sudden he realized that it has a perfect move combination with a perfect ability to do just one specific gimmick strategy that only works on very inexperienced players Yeah, that he just thinks is the funniest thing. Cause it is. Cause it is. Um, and yeah, so he fell in love with this stupid firefly Pokemon that shakes its butt at the camera. Yeah. And uh, I named Uber Eats. Then he named it Uber Eats. Uh, yeah, basically, I, I just run this really, really dumb gimmick strategy. It's not necessarily that it's good, it's only good against inexperienced players, it's only good if people mess up. 
Which, granted, yes, inexperienced players are included in that, but even an experienced player only needs to make one mistake that could very easily go unnoticed. Yeah. Um, and, and boom, like, I just sealed the deal. Um, inexperienced players will fall to will fall to it multiple times in a match. Experienced players won't, but it still happens. But sometimes you just need to take out one Pokemon. Yeah. So, so that's a that's Uber Eats, and I, I won't go into detail about how it all works because I know no one cares. But <laughs> <laughs> but basically, if you think of this: a Firefly versus the God of the Land and Fertile Crops. And the Firefly wins. Who's the god of Landers? Landerus. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's hilarious yeah. to think of that. And it's what I would consistently do is beat the god of fertile land and crops with a Firefly <laughs> that shakes his butt. <laughs> so, and it really was just the funniest thing to witness, especially whenever people got mad. Yeah. It didn't happen very often. Honestly, like, you don't get a Pokemon showdown like Salt. Yeah. Worthy comp- compilations. All that often. All that often. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, and then the final question. And I, this is a fun, this is an interesting one. Uh, who has been my favorite D&D character to play? Mmm. Okay, D&D characters. Solama. Uh... Bong Pong Finkelwad. Uh, Solama, Crazy Hog, Kirk. Gledditcher. Gledditcher. Patrick. I know it's not Patrick, even though he's in literally every campaign. <laughs> you might be wrong, though. I, I don't think it's Patrick. <laughs> Um, is it Kirk? What makes you say that? Who, who are you debating between? All like, are you debating between all four, or is it just the two big ones? Honestly, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of just weighing all of them together, mm-hmm. and just watching you play. It may, it seems like you enjoy playing Kirk the most. Okay. Well, and uh, yeah, again, what makes you say that? Just uh. I think because Kirk is so different from you as a person, but you get so into his character that I feel like you must enjoy him a lot in order to play him so well. Nice. Yeah, it's Kirk. Yeah. Kirk Kirk is my favorite character. Um, To go a little bit more in depth, for one thing, I guess, can I go into his backstory? I guess that's fine. Um, So Kirk Kirk is basically an ex-police officer. Um, slash investigator uh and he basically he he did his service in the in the force for a while and then eventually he moves out with his wife out into the country where they live together for a little while and they're just kind of chilling being happy and out of nowhere when he returns home at one point his house is burned down and his wife is dead and he has no idea who done it um and so kind of in a panic and in a state of just uh in a cry for help he he joins a church monastery and is basically indoctrinated as a cleric and he's not indoctrinated he he takes up the he he is sort of indoctrinated at the beginning um because he's kind of just at a loss and doesn't know what to do so he kind he does this to basically 
almost cope. Well, you say indoctrinated, but that kind of seems like the monks like manipulated him into oh, joining the monastery. Yeah, yeah, no, not not that. Uh, but he so he he goes a little religious to kind of ease his mind and make he himself becomes calm. very zealous for religion. Yes, and uh, after a while, he kind of starts to stumble a little bit more across the idea of necromancy and resurrection. And resurrection. Uh, leading him to start to study gods of death and and that kind of th- and the cycles of death and life, uh, leading him to the god Anubis, the Greek god of of death and judgment. Greek god, uh, Greek Egyptian god of death and judgment, uh, who he begins to follow for the necromantic abilities uh, he is promised. Anubis chooses him because Kirk has tons of potential and tons of promise as a very strong, lawful man. Uh, Something that Anubis is a very big fan of. Yeah. Uh, so La- Anubis being a very lawful oriented deity and Kirk-, Kirk being a very lawfully oriented man, it kind of just was a match made in heaven. So now Kirk or the underworld. is one of the sole, if not the only sole, uh, follower of Anubis in the world, uh, seeking... Seeking for Anubis's sake to bring order to the laws of life and death, and for his own sake, seeking to get, become strong enough to bring back his wife and find the killer and bring justice. Uh, so that's Kirk. The reason why I've enjoyed playing him so much is because I feel like his character is so set in stone and so clear that yeah. I always know how to react as him. I always know what the appropriate course of action is. Mm-hmm. He's just he's a man of action and I always know how to carry it out and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Like every single time there's something that's brought up I'm like I know what to do. Like I know what I'm going to do with this new information that I have. Being an investigator has felt fantastic in such a mysterious setting. Same. Um so he's just super good at what he's supposed to be able to do. Uh, he feels like he can just be a one-man army, which is honestly what I wanted, which makes sense for what he even thinks of himself as. He does see himself as, like, I should have the potential to do what I need to do Mm -hmm. on my own, basically. Like, I am strong enough to accomplish my own goals. Mm -hmm. Um, and he does feel that way. He feels exceptionally powerful. Um... Along with that, he's super duper fun to play in combat. Um, I've enjoyed just the kit that I have with him mm-hmm. greatly. Uh, I've enjoyed the roleplay moments that I've had with the character, even without interacting with other characters. Just playing as him by himself has led to some super cool moments. It has. It really um, has. Of just religious zealousness, which is been amazing religious fervor fanatic (laughs) fanatical yeah fanaticism it's it's been really really cool and the fact that i i've also definitely never felt tired of playing the character Mm. um sometimes i can just or i've never felt aimless with him which is part of that tiredness um aimlessness and tiredness kind of go hand in hand for me Mm -hmm. when it comes to playing a character if I start to feel like I just don't really know what to do, I start to kind of get tired with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that hasn't happened yet because he's so driven and goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even just the setting of the campaign is... Really it, helps. Yeah, it does yeah. really help because it's like, if I don't necessarily know what to do for the per- the character's personal goals, I know what to do for the sake of 
the world goals. Mm-hmm. And if I do those things, chances are it, will, it won't take long at all for suddenly new things to come up right away and I'd be able to get begin a new investigating. Goal to... Yeah. 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 So that's why I've loved Kirk so, so much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I get that. And I, I really see that while you play him. Any questions of these that you'd like to answer? No, we'll answer them later. Okay, fair enough. Uh, again, send us questions if you have my contact info, whether over Discord or you have my number or if you have, I guess, my email if you have that for some reason. <laughs> Remember, uh, don't email Justin. He doesn't look Yeah, Yeah, don't do that. I will never see it. Um, I, pr- I prefer text message or Discord. Or tell me in person. One of those three options, and and that those will be just fine. Uh, but we'd love we'd love to receive more questions and be able to give more funky answers that you guys are interested in or think would be fun for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right, that was my segment. It was all about me. So I was driving down the street. Not me specifically. I think I was with mommy. And I passed by a store. And the thought crossed my brain. What went on in the pitch meeting to decide, let's get Mr. Freaking T to advertise Aaron's rent-to-own furniture store? What? Do you you know that store, Aaron's? Yeah, yeah, the furniture delivery and stuff. Renting store. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. T is, like, their head honcho, other than the dog. Their head marketing Head honcho. marketing honcho, other than the dog. And it just made me realize, what makes a company decide particular uh, spokespersons for their brand? Such as Office Depot with Shaq. Such, such as, why the freak, yeah, why the freak did Office Depot said, yeah, I think people would believe what the, what Shaq Keel O'Neal has to say about printers. <laughs> and office chairs. And, yeah, and office chairs. So, um, uh, I, I wanted to find, uh, like a comprehensive, like, Wikipedia list of companies with Mr. T? No, celebrity uh, endorsements. Uh, I couldn't find uh, a comprehensive list, but there's a a pretty interesting one that I found. Um, In the 80s, uh, Ozzy Osbourne was part of a I Can't Believe It's Not Butter commercial. (laughs) So Ozzy Osbourne was the... the, No, not even in the 80s. uh, In 2006. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, uh... Yeah. Apparently, uh, Fabio used to be the, uh, the spokesperson for I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Oh my gosh. Or, like... I I think it makes a little bit more sense, but how did they decide for Terry Crews to be the spokesperson for Old Spice? Yeah, it makes a little bit more sense, but simultaneously, it still doesn't make too too yeah, much sense. There were plenty of other people they could have chosen from, and why? And I just think that's a very strange world of celebrity endorsements for products, yeah. especially when it seems like 
there is no link between this person and the product. Like Ozzy Osbourne, and I can't believe it's not butter. Or Bob Dylan and Victoria's Secret. Bruh. Yeah, in 2004, the 63-year-old Dylan was singing his song Lovesick with models dancing around him. I mean, I guess that makes a little more sense. It's like 62-year-old Bob Dylan. <laughs> I mean, probably 62-year-old women are the ones that are buying Victoria's Secret. No, plenty of people buy plenty okay, of regular... 40-year-old women. I don't remember the last time I heard of like a 30-year-old or a 25-year-old mention that they went to Victoria's Secret I mean, and bought their products. I remember... I um, hear more about Sephora. I remember an... I remember an 18-year-old saying they wanted to potentially work at a Victoria's Secret. I guess. Because uh, it's a sort of company that you can like rise through the ranks really oh, easily. okay. Well, then it wasn't... I mean, I, I probably was partially for the products, and you might get discounts. Or, stuff, uh, which is always handy, but... One time, Snoop Dogg advertised Hot Pockets. That makes sense. That makes sense, but... It was still Snoop Dogg advertising Hot, Hot Pockets. Pockets. Yeah. That's pretty freaking funny. John Cena advertising Crocs. <laughs> it's just... I, it, it might even be more than this celebrity makes sense. It's just, oh, this celebrity agreed to the paycheck. Yeah. In 2017, he participated in a campaign for Crocs, sharing his experience of being bullied as a young child. What? John Cena can't talk about being bullied. According to Moneywise, the commercial was touching, but what does Crocs, a pro wrestler, and bullying have in common? Uh, they both belong on the floor. So, I mean, I just I think... I don't know. I just think this is, uh... Just the name of this person really shows the demographic that uh, she fits and the product that she's selling. Okay. Uh, the person, Helen Mirren, was advertising the Wii Fit. You don't know who <laughs> Helen Mirren is? No, I do not. I don't either. And that's the problem I see here. Yeah. Is the fact that, uh, yeah. Someone that uh, the younger generation does not know advertising yeah. the Wii Fit. And, uh, freaking Ronaldo, the soccer player, oh was, gosh. uh, advertising the Facial Fitness Pow. So who's the celebrity that you want to advertise a product? If you had to have a celebrity advertising Sonic, the, Sonic, the, the, the restaurant? fast food restaurant, yeah. What, what celebrity would you want advertising for Sonic? Who's the guy who voice acts Sonic in the films? Uh, I have no idea, but is that who you'd want? Maybe. He's on the list. Nice, uh, that's let's fair. See. I get that. Uh, I don't know. What advertising campaign are we running? How do you advertise Sonic? Uh, I think someone ha that has uh, energy and that slight 90s, uh, 90s feel, and I think Chris Pratt does that. I think Chris Pratt advertising Sonic would be pretty great. A younger Tom Cruise. Why? Sonic is America's drive-in. And who's more American than Tom freaking Cruise? Chris Pratt. 
Tom Cruise. <laughs> Chris Pratt. This is the greatest. This is the greatest ar- argument ever made. Who's it's, more American? It's Chris Pratt. Yeah, Ma- Chris... the man was a male stripper. Think of, agrees that God exists. Uh, is blonde. Uh, isn't short. Yeah, true, true. Chris Pratt I, is pretty American. I think Chris Pratt is the more quintessential American. American. While, uh, what's his name? While Tom Cruise is the modern American. He's the idealized American. Uh, he's the American denying, he's the non-traditional modern American. What do you mean Chris not? Chris Pratt is the, uh, is the, uh, paradox previous form American, and then Tom Cruise is the sci-fi modern, or er, futuristic paradox american to put it in pokemon scarlet violet terms i don't think chris pratt is the i think he is i think he's more traditionalist i don't and i think tom cruise is more no justin modern that's yay yay is the traditionalist yes i think chris pratt's the traditionalist i think yay is the uh what would you even call that I think Ye is black. <laughs> no way, dude! No! <laughs> He's Jewish. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, what is Ye? Who has good 90s energy? Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt would work for Sonic. I guess. I don't know. I don't know why I'm not feeling it. Bro, how? Just think of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 intro. It's Chris Pratt. And he's like dancing in front of a Sonic. Yes. Yes. Imagine that song playing over a Sonic ad with Chris Pratt enjoying a slushy and a chili dog. Ah, yeah. And he's, what car is he in? He's in in like a... It's a convertible. It's a red convertible. Yeah, he's in a red convertible. He's just he's just chowing down on this, yeah. on this Sonic burger. Yeah, just enjoy a Sonic cherry limeade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, no. Okay, you yeah, see, no. You've convinced I, me. I have convinced you, yeah. and I'm proud. Oh, uh, I think uh, Hulk Hogan totally could have uh, advertised uh, Arm & Hammer products. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That was this. something I came up in the in the shower last night. Nice. Because I was thinking about how John Cena is the hefty spokesman. Oh, okay. And I was just like, Hulk Hogan could do Arm & Hammer. <laughs> Imagine Hulk Hogan like with like a really like comical Thor of like outfit. Yeah. Like with the fur coat and then like the the goofy feathered Viking hat. Yeah. Arm and hammer, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Uh, freaking Macho Man Randy Savage advertised uh Slim Jim. Slim Jim for I don't know. I don't know how many years, but that's all he's known but for. Long now. enough, yeah. yeah. Long enough to where that's that's how he's a bit immoralized. Yeah, I think there should be J- James Corden needs to advertise for something. Uh, trash cans, and the ad is just him jumping into one of the trash cans <laughs> and then cover- dousing himself in gasoline, lighting himself up. <laughs> he performs his own stunts <laughs> while wearing his cat's costume. <laughs> what if you know those uh those dumb like evil twins sweet and sour candy? Yeah. Uh yeah. Willem Dafoe. 
Who's Willem Dafoe? Uh, Green Goblin. Oh, nice. So he plays like a sweet old man, and then he goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's really, really good. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> man, that's just reminded me of Crazy Hog, and now it makes me sad. Because you haven't played Crazy Hog in yeah. like a year and a half, two years. I also went through a little bit of an aimless state with Crazy Hog, but then I got back into the swing of things, and I was just like, this character is so much freaking fun. Slaps. Yeah. I think it was because I was put in a great... Uh, environment? I was put in a really great environment whenever we were taken to the prison. Ah. And we were prisoners and stuff. That was a because perfect... you know they are usually a prisoner in prison. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that was a really great environment for some dope role play because I had no access to alcohol. Yeah. For one thing, and and I had no weapons. Just everything was taken from him, and he had absolutely no power. So he was literally just a chained animal. But at the same time, he kind of did have a lot of power because. He was physically strong. He was physically strong, and that's why he was that part of the reason why he was locked up in the yeah, worst area. He was. Because, well, for one, he's actually a lunatic, and he has absolutely no like self control. He, no he self-control. doesn't have alcohol. Like, he'll bite off a person's ear. You know, <laughs> I was literally planning on on ripping out someone's tongue because there was a spellcaster, and I was going to rip out her tongue so she can cast verbal components, and then I was just going to destroy her. Oh, that would have been great. And it would have been sick, because it would have been Crazy Hog. Yeah. Crazy Hog had some really brutal moments. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Anomaly's campaign was very, like, like high fantasy. Yeah, it was extremely high fantasy. But, like, Crazy Hog in a gritty, like, sword and sorcery campaign would have been super sweet to witness. Yeah. But alas. Yeah. But it was really fun. It was fun while it lasted. I did enjoy the character. Yeah. That is is certain. That is faux show. Also, Chris Pratt in a Sonic ad. Yeah. I just think that's super funny. Honestly, a company should hire us for advertising. I agree. We'd make them so much money. Yeah. We should make merch. What's our new merch? What's our Stupid Burger merch? Stupid Burger merch. Um. Oh, man. I would want... It's a stock image. Hulk Hogan making out with Chris Pratt. (laughs) It's a stock image of an Asian guy. Okay. And it says, you know the the font Bruce Stu uses, the kind of like crayon yeah. font. Yeah, yeah. It just says by Arm and Hammer. <laughs> nah, not that. It says something else. Buy something, yes, or like support something. Buy stocks. <laughs> no. It says like. Buy silicon Tupperware. No. What are you, What are you looking for? I'm looking for like advice. An a an, an Asian man that's giving really weird advice. Like check your portfolio. Check your crypto wallet. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, even better than the stock Asian guy, I think it should be, you know those old Mexican memes? Like, the yeah. old, like, Mexican oh, with the, yeah, with yeah. the giant sombrero and the standard sombrero. 
that and it just says check your portfolio. I think that's some pretty good stupid burger merch. That's some pretty good stupid burger merch. <laughs> uh, tell us if you would buy stupid burger merch of a Mexican guy that says check, check your, your portfolio. portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's another form of stupid burger merch? I think that's check your for- portfolio is really good. Okay. Uh, I know I'm just kind of grabbing something that I saw in the room, but I think it works. Something with a bionicle. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Kanye is based, and it's bionicle. And it just thing. has a bionicle. It's just a bionicle. This is Kanye is based. Yeah, I like it. Works. <laughs> nice. How was this for uh, two weeks without doing any podcasting? Uh, I think uh, I think they'll they'll be happy with what we we mustered. I agree. In I our agree. Sleeplessness. Yeah. I mean, I feel fine, honestly. Yeah. I feel I feel pretty all right. What what, what do we want to send everyone off with? Uh, just remember. Mm, celebrity endorsements are stupid. And, and stay, stay poggers. poggers. One more time, one more time. That that wasn't good. That wasn't good. And to stay stay poggers. poggers.